well and got some carry to it. That's going to fly. And this one is gone. Rafael Devers. Who drives this one left field. Mike Zanino. Welcome back, big guy. Two run homer. All right. Well, hello, everyone. I'm Ryan Medeiros. I'm Max Tanzer. And this is our first Matanzeris baseball podcast. We're still working on the pronunciation, but we'll get it. Yeah, we'll get it down. <laughs> it's a little bit rough, a little bit of a merging of the two last names. So, uh, with some ironing out, I'm sure it'll I'm sure it'll sound better in the future. You know, though, Ryan. I mean, if you combine two, the second baseman and the center fielder for the Arizona Diamondbacks, that actually sounds pretty good. Yeah, I'm seeing. I'm looking it up. Oh, looks like they're both Marte. Exactly. There we go. No, yeah, let's talk some Arizona Diamondbacks today. Yeah, this team's going to be interesting. I can see them being, I mean, not quite giving the Dodgers a run in the West, but I could see them running running away with a wild card spot and winning about 95 games even, potentially. What's funny for me is when I was doing, I was like writing down my predictions for the divisions, and the East and Central both were very difficult in the National League. And I was looking at the West, and I'm like, okay, easy Dodgers. And then I was expecting everything to kind of just be, you know, a battle for second or third place. And then I looked more on the Diamondbacks, and they're good. They are good, and they were good last year as well. And adding Marte is even better. I'm really impressed by the young pitching they had too. So, yeah, you had some stuff that you wanted to point out in terms of base running, which I think is really interesting. Yeah, I mean, um, I'm looking at the lineup right here. We'll go over the lineup first. I mean, people, I think, don't realize how good Cattell Marte was last year. I mean, you look at this guy's slash line, 329, 389, 592, which was an 8, 9, or, uh, eight 981 OPS. Um, it's kind of crazy. I mean, you would think he would have maybe have some... You're looking at this guy who kind of came out of nowhere, and you might think, hey, this was just a fluke year. I mean, the baseball was soaring last year. There was power everywhere. But I'm looking at Marte's stats according to StatCast, and he was up 2% in exit velocity, so he was hitting the ball harder, and his launch angle increased from 5.7 to 11.5, so he started hitting the ball in the air. So we've learned there's a correlation now between hitting the ball in the air and hitting for more power, and the power numbers go up. So I'm, I'm going to go and say that Marte's year of last year was not a fluke. I mean, he had a thousand over 1,000 OPS in the second half, and I think it's going to translate into this year as well. Yeah, it was so interesting to me, too, about the dynamic. As a Mariners fan, he was called up with the Mariners, came up, played some second base for them, some shortstop, also a little bit of outfield in his rookie season, not a lot. Then hadn't played any ever, ever since, and then gets traded to the Diamondbacks at short and second for a couple of years, probably a few innings at third base, I believe, too. Then they move him to the outfield for, I think he started a lot of games out there in center field, and the numbers did jump up as well. I remember the Diamondbacks had a similar situation with Gene Segura, where when they acquired him from the Brewers, moved him from short to second, the offensive numbers went up. Maybe less pressure at shortstop for Marte was what helped him out too. And, I mean, he was an MVP candidate more than halfway through the season, so I'm excited for him. Five tools as well. I was talking to a coach of mine that I've had in the past, and we were trying to talk about he doesn't believe like there is a true five-tool player in terms of something. Because Mike Trout's fast, but you know he's not stealing 30 bases anymore. Uh, but Cattell Marte is a guy for you with great speed. And okay, I, the defense may be the big struggle there. Actually, what, are, what were his defensive metrics? Uh, his defensive metrics, I actually looked up. The one fascinating thing you mentioned, positional flexibility. The Diamondbacks basically were flip-flopping Marte between center field and second base last year, and he didn't really seem to be comfortable at either position. Now, this year they're going to be 
having him solidified as the second baseman, which I think will help his offense as well, be able, and defense, being able to focus on one position, second base. I think he'll be able to focus on his defense there, and I think his offense will improve as well because he seemed to have some back problems that were a result of playing center field last year. So I think this year, focusing on second base, kind of getting the, the switching of positions out of his mind, he'll be able to improve in both areas. And then they got a gold glover candidate and Ahmed at short as well so I think things are going to work out very well for them and then Walker who was a finalist as well at first who didn't even start the season with them I think it was the Jake Lamb injury that opened it up for him uh, but yeah back to Marte I, I think big things are coming for him I de we never saw power from him at all and of course you bring up the juiced ball and the home run numbers that skyrocketed the last season the season before that he was a guy who went from I think two home runs to like five or six then about 15 to 30 so I'll be curious to see if they make adjustments to the ball and if that affects him at all. But that's not even his game, in my opinion. He's still a guy that gets on base a lot. Yeah, he hits for great average. Yep. And, I mean, again, I think I think the power can be attributed to the in great increase in launch angle. I, yeah. I, I don't think his number's going to – I think they're going to dip a little bit because, again, the ball was just flying last year. I think baseball's going to try to fix that in general, but that's kind of another topic. Uh, but I think, yeah, if he keeps the launch angle up and doesn't hit the ball into the ground and, and hits more fly balls instead of, instead of just – just small line drives. I think either way, he's going to hit for good average, and uh, I think the power numbers are going to still still be still be pretty decent there. Just five year, or excuse me, twenty five years old to have him till twenty twenty three. I believe if I'm reading this correctly. So yeah, big piece in in that Mariners trade when the Mariners acquired Mitch Haniger and Gene Segura and gave up Tywin Walker and Gatel Marte. It looked like the Mariners had fleeced them in that trade for a while with how Haniger was turning out. Segura was an All Star in eighteen as well. And then Cattell Marte comes out of nowhere. So good stuff for the Diamondbacks right there at the top there. Yep, they got to be happy with that trade now. Uh, as for the other Marte, which they just acquired, another trade from the uh, the Pirates. Uh, this is another guy who for a few years now has just been putting up great numbers. He kind of just is underrated in general like a lot of these um, Diamondbacks players. 845 OPS last year. He ranks in the top um, top 6 or 8% in the league in, in speed. So real fast guy and uh, 96 percentile in expected batting average. So this is a guy that's going to gonna hit for good average. He's going to get on base for you and he's going to give you good speed. So another great guy to have at the top of the lineup with Diamondbacks to couple with the other Marte. No, for sure. And, and a former Gold Glover as well. And I mean the PEDs in the past, I think that was the suspension he served a couple years if I'm correct. Uh, but, no, I, I love this move so much. I remember there was rumors that he may be going to the Mets or the Diamondbacks. It makes a ton of sense for the Diamondbacks now because, as we just talked about, it allows you to have the luxury to move Cattell Marte to second base, and it really fills in your entire lineup, and he's a guy. I wouldn't be surprised if they go Cattell 1, Mar or Starling 2, or flip that as well. Yeah, that's what I was thinking also. Both Martes at the top of the line. It might create some confusion for the announcers of uh, <laughs> opposing teams, but I think uh, I think the Diamondbacks fans are going to be loving the duo, the duo there, so... Uh, yeah, and, and another guy batting third, I'm predicting Eduardo Escobar, a guy Fantastic. who had 118 RBIs last year, consistently underrated. Uh, another guy hits the ball in the air, so power numbers have gone up because of that. No, for sure. And I mean, I remember I was doing a Sparkle quiz like two months ago, and it was uh, MLB leaders in categories like top five in each, and it said Arizona 118 or whatever it was, and I could not figure it out. And then I saw it was Eduardo Escobar, and I'm like, what the heck? But, yeah. yeah, no, they got him from the Twins back at the deadline, I believe, a few years ago. And, again, he's another guy with versatility as well. He could play all over the infield, too. Uh, and, as you said, a lot of pop, drove in a lot of runs. If he can pick a, or perform at that same level next year, I think they'll be Yeah, I mean, 74 extra base hits last year. He had, like, 35, 36 home runs, I believe. 
Um, and, Ten triples. Wow. Yeah, it's a big I mean, ballpark. Yeah, big ballpark. Too, right? So I mean, if you can get the ball in the air, hit in the gaps, you're going to get a lot of extra base hits in Arizona, and that's the type of game they have. Uh, batting fourth, I'm looking at a guy, another guy, consistently underrated, Christian Walker. Mm-hmm. He had about he had uh, nine defensive runs saved last year, so he was great at third base, gold, uh, excuse me, first base, uh, Gold Glove finalist. And this guy, his batting stats weren't fantastic. He had an 8.25 OPS, so he's above league average. Um, but I think he could even have better stats next year. He seemed to have bad luck last year on balls in play. Uh, he had a 94th percentile hard hit percentage. So he hits the ball real hard up with some of the top players in the league. And, um, I mean, this guy just drives and runs again. So I think he'll be a solid number four batter, and I think we're going to see improvement from him this year too overall in stats. No, I agree. And a lot of improvement from last year. I believe what got him more playing time was Jake Lamb. Is that right? Yes, there. Yeah, Jake Lamb was projected as the third yeah. uh, first baseman last and year. And I'm looking at his splits right now. In April and March, he started 25 games and hit 307. May was the big drop down for him. Uh, in 25 games, hit 208, OPS 658. A few homers in that span as well. Uh, but it was very solid for the rest of the season and very good in April uh, as well. That really set the tone for him. So, again, I think, you know, have let's see, what would the lineup be? Cattell, Starling. Escobar, Escobar and Walker. That's a pretty Walker, solid yeah. top four. Solid and underrated. So I think these guys might, if the Diamondbacks start playing well this year, like we think they're going to, I think they're going to kind of put themselves on the map and maybe people start recognizing what kind of just really good players these guys are. Yeah, and it's not like the flair of the Yankees lineup, but I think the Diamondbacks rotation is good enough where if they scored three runs a game, four runs a game, it could hold that lead for them and get them some wins. Yeah, I mean, it's just this team overall, I think the the kind of theme of this team is that they're not going to have that star power and they're not going to have that flashy play, but they're just an overall really solid team. They do everything well. David Peralta, we forgot to Yeah, about Peralta, I, I'm projecting him to bat fifth. I mean, just another really good batter. Um, had just great stats last year. He was one of the, he, he was the best defensive left fielder last season. I mean, he had a 10 defensive runs saved, good, good solid arm in the outfield, just makes all the plays he needs to make. Just real solid player out there in left field. Yeah, now I want to talk about the rotation too, which I really like a lot. This is what surprised me the most. Uh, Madison Bumgarner, them obviously signing him this offseason. That'll be a big boost for them. A lot of experience as well in that rotation. Robbie Ray, a down year for him last year. I don't think they're going to get 2017 Robbie Ray next year, but if they could get something in between you know, a 3-8 and a 4-2, I think yeah, they'd be in good mean, shape. He, I'd take that Yeah, he really misses bats, too. I mean, fifth in the National League last year with 235 strikeouts. I mean, this guy's got the elite stuff to be one of the top pitchers in the game. He has a little bit of trouble with command, so he's not going to be the most consistent pitcher for you. But, yeah, a real solid number two starter. Yeah, and I'm looking at this again. A lot of solid, not too much flair. But then you go with Mike Leak, a guy who's been a journeyman all around the league yep, with the Reds, right. the Cardinals, the Mariners, now the Diamondbacks and so forth. Uh, and again, gets outs. He's not going to strike out a lot, about, a lot of guys, gets a lot of ground balls, yeah, doesn't throw he, necessarily yeah, hard either. He puts the ball in play, which for this team, they're one of the best, you could argue that the yeah. Diamondbacks are the best defensive team in the league. I mean, if for a guy who puts the ball in play, you have a great defense behind you, that's going to lead to some good results. So. Yeah, forces a lot of soft contact. And then Weaver, who they got in the Goldschmidt trade, right? And Gallon. Yeah, he pitched real well last both year, both of them. those guys, yeah. And yeah, and 12 to 15 starts each, I believe. Uh, super, super good signs for them. And if both of them could pick off of that, 
as four or five guys in the rotation. They don't. That's I mean, right. I think Weaver had like a two nine last year, yeah. like twelve starts or something like that. They don't necessarily even need that from their four starter. But who knows? Maybe he will rise up the charts and pass up Robbie Ray. That's at some right. Point. And I mean, you look at those guys. You think solid five, right? Well, maybe not so much. You you could argue that one of those guys is going to have a great year. Say, all right, so well, if one of those guys falters, then who? Well, you have Merrill Kelly, who pitched a bunch, he pitched 30, 33 games, I believe, for the Diamondbacks last year. I mean, another guy who puts the ball in play, he had 46% fastballs last year, which is actually the 10th lowest in the NL, so he mixes up his pitches, he throws a lot of curveballs, tries to get the ball in play. He didn't have fantastic results last year. His 90 earned runs were fourth in the National League and 184 hits allowed, so, I mean, he gets a lot of hits, he gets hit a lot, but uh, again, his game is going to be to kind of put the ball in play, and as a number six starter, hypothetically, I mean, you can't really complain about that. He gives you a lot of innings and gives you a lot of starts Alex as of Young last year. Yeah, Alex Young, the lefty there, pitched well last year. They were saying that his results were better than expected, but um, again, another guy that you can't complain is number seven starter, someone who pitched well for them last year. I mean, they got seven solid starting pitchers that have uh, produced as of the past year, so I uh, can't complain about that. Yeah, bullpen-wise, bringing in Hector Rondon, a guy with a lot of experience with the Astros the last few years. Again, not the flashiest piece, but a nice guy to solidify in your pen. Archie Bradley, always a good yeah. anchor at the end. Um, but, yeah, I mean, again, I don't think this is going to be the team that's going to win the National League West. I can't guarantee they're going to be better than the three National League Central teams and National League East teams, but I think they'll make a, give them a run for their money. I'd even say I'd project like 90-plus wins for them. That yeah, I mean, season. even some things we didn't talk about about the Diamondbacks, I mean, you, you're just kind of, you, you don't really think about these type of things, but these are things that win ball games. Fielding, their 117 total defensive runs saved. His team is second in all of baseball. So they play really well defensively. Shifting, they're the top team for deploying shifts in 2019. They had a net loss of 75 hits for shifting. And uh, 44 shift runs saved. So their their shifts are very effective. Some teams do a lot of shifts, like the Phillies, for example, were kind of criticized for their shifts not being effective. They gave up a lot of hits and stuff from the shifts. So, uh, but the Diamondbacks do a great job shifting, which shows that they're really using their analytics and deploying their shifts properly. And uh, base running. This was one thing that I found really fascinating. Uh, their t- the Diamondbacks led Major League Baseball on base running game and stolen base game. So I mean. They, they're really successful at that. Not only are the Diamondbacks really aggressive at, at running, so they um, were the only two team or one of two teams, them and the Rockies, uh, were the only two teams to finish 2019, the top half of teams, in sending runners from first to third, second to home, and first to home. And uh, the Diamondbacks were far more successful than the Rockies of those two teams. They only made 18 outs the whole season while trying to advance, which is pretty unbelievable when you think about all the time that teams send runners. And the Diamondbacks did a lot, but they were really successful with it. No, and I think think you said that perfectly. I love that point because in baseball, I mean, to use the cliche, it's a game of inches. And you can think about that and whether, you know, he's an inch from – or he was out by an inch or – it was the one run, the one play that changed the game and taking that extra bag. That's why war is so important when people look at war. Guys like Gerard Dyson who barely have any offensive presence or you know come off the bench can still have a one war, 1.5 war season because they're stealing bases and they're creating more opportunities to score and therefore more runs and a win. And it's just that more important. And I think it's just, it's very underlooked 
Yeah, I mean, again, speaking of Dyson, him and Tim LaCastro oh, were yeah, huge the for them. Backs. Were huge for them last year. I mean, they they did lose Dyson this year, who had who was one of their fastest runners, stole a lot oh, of bases. Pittsburgh now? Yeah, he went to Pittsburgh. Yeah, he's going to play center field for them. A great addition for Pittsburgh. But um, So basically, they flop, uh, sw- switch center fielders. I mean, Dyson yeah. goes to Pittsburgh. Marte goes to uh, Arizona, but uh, both real fast guys. Marte's pr- definitely better offensively. Maybe not so much defensively. There's been some metrics that have argued that Marte has been uh, not so great. I mean, they said negative nine defensive runs saved last year. I mean, uh, different metrics have rated Marte a little bit better than that. He's got great speed. He's in the top 90% in outfield jump. So, I mean, he's a guy who's an experienced outfielder. But back to base running with Marte. Again, him and LaCastro are going to be key. LaCastro coming off the bench. He uh, was perfect for stolen bases last year. He's a guy who gets on base, too. Hasn't so, been caught in his major league career. Yeah, which is which is real real great for them. I mean, just to have on the bench and, and, and be an outfielder, be maybe the fourth outfielder for the Diamondbacks there. And a guy who gets, uh, he led the Lit or was one of the top guys in the National League last year and hit by pitches. So he gets on base and uh, does a real solid job there coming off the bench. I think he's going to be key for them this season. No, 100%. And I think he's one of those guys that is the spark plug to a team like that. And I mean, he's not again, he's not going to be your everyday outfielder. I think if he started every day, maybe the numbers would go down, but when you need a guy defensively or for base running in those situations, I think he's the first man off the bench for sure. Yeah, just a real speed guy, good guy to have on the bench there and not just a pure speed guy like a Billy Hamilton or Terrence Gore, but he does a lot of other things solid as well. So, yeah, I mean, you could be the fastest. I mean, you could put Usain Bolt at first base and I'm sure he'd steal a lot of bases, but you know, if he can't get good jumps, I'd rather have someone yeah. else. Or if he can't read a line drive in right center field, whether that's going to get down or not, read the outfielders, know where the positioning is, and knowing you know whether it's a good move to go then or not. I think that's so, just that awareness is really important. And Castro has that compared to maybe some other base runners who don't. People talk about Paul Goldschmidt. He's not necessarily a fast first baseman, but he's a good base runner, and that allows him to put himself in good situations, and it's super valuable. Yeah, I mean, uh, the Diamondbacks' team were really successful on stolen bases. Uh, they were successful on 86% of their 102 steal attempts last season, so really Here's good base running. Did LaCastro get caught this year? He's, I think he's 22 for 22 in stolen bases in his career. Uh, i got to say, I think the Diamondbacks, since he's going to be in the major leagues all this year, uh, it, it'd be wishful thinking to think he's not going to get caught at least one of these times. But, um, you know, knows. you never know. You never know. He's been successful so far, so. Another guy we haven't talked about, uh, Carson Kelly at catcher. Had a real solid offensive season last year. His uh, 844 OPS was second among all catchers in the National League last year who qualified. Um, and solid defensively at 11 strike zone runs saved, so he's good at framing. Uh, not fantastic at framing, but he's a young catcher. He's still learning. Um, and he had two defensive runs saved, too, coupled with that with the, with uh, positive framing skills. So he's been pretty solid there at catcher. Yeah, and, for a uh, catcher in his first full big league season, 18 home runs, and a guy who, as you said, is you know solid defensively, I, I'd take it if I were that for sure. And I think they brought in Vote and John Hicks as well. Vote probably more of a veteran presence if he makes the team, which would actually makes sense because Kelly's a right-handed hitter, so you can have Vote as a lefty off yeah, the bench. Yeah, I mean, Vote off the bench. You can't yeah. complain about that. He's Hicks been is on a righty, so. And I, I honestly would go with Vote in that case, honestly, just because of experience to help Yeah, Kelly with the out. new 26-man roster, you could even argue, I think in the past, the Diamondbacks, even with the 25-man roster, have kept three catchers on their yeah. roster, so maybe they'll keep three there, be able to use Vote in more pinch-hitting scenarios. But sure. um, yeah. another addition, Cole Calhoun, real solid right fielder. Um, 
has won a gold glove in the past, I believe. Either way, yeah, he's super good defensively. Uh, no, I like this move. Again, it's by low. He had, I don't want to say he necessarily had a down season last year, but uh, it was yeah. very soft. Yeah, average was down. Power was up last year. He hit 30 home runs last year. I don't think a lot of people realize yeah. that. But uh, hit for more power. Uh, another guy, he's probably going to bat, bat in the lower half of the lineup, maybe 7th or 8th, uh, hypothetically. But I think, um, yeah, I mean, he overall, their, style for yeah, their whole lineup, just real solid. I mean, you could argue Marte is even based on last season is their star player, but... Their, yeah. yeah, their whole lineup's real solid. Just got great um, overall. The whole lineup, when you combine together, you take a real solid lineup, and you can have a great lineup if you don't have any holes. And it doesn't really seem like this team offensively and even defensively doesn't really have any holes in their lineup. So yeah. I want to correct myself about Kaplan, too. It was 18 that was the down year where he hit 208. Uh, this year, I mean, 232 is still not great, but I think I think for his production and that, comparing that to the season before is very good. And the 30 home runs, again, we talked about the home run numbers skyrocketing, but you know what, 30 home runs is still 30 home runs in Arizona, too. The yeah, and I think, yeah, the, the, I think the changing ballpark could even help him, too, yeah. with his swing, maybe hit more doubles. Even if the home runs go down, more doubles there. The gaps are big in Arizona, mm-hmm. so. No, yeah, we'll see. 29 doubles last year, which is always good as well. Yeah. Uh, no, this Diamondbacks team, again, I, okay, do you, if I, if you had to put your money on it right now, are the Diamondbacks a wild card team? I would say, based on the numbers, uh, I would say, yeah, I would, I'd be pretty confident in them making the wild card, even as that first team. I mean, there's going to be a lot of teams in the National League competing in the East and the Central, like you said, are going to be competing for their division title. But I think quietly, you guys should be paying attention. I think the Diamondbacks I'll tell you this, are going like, to be competing for that wild card spot, first spot even. I think a lot of people. Like I'm just gonna bring the Cubs up for example. Think of the Cubs and think of their success the last few years, and think they're gonna be and they will be competitive this year. Don't get me wrong, but I think the Diamondbacks give a team like the Cubs a run for their money. You know, and I think the Diamondbacks may even be better than the Brewers this year. I mean, we yeah. it's a little confusing on what their priorities are right now, but but they're still a good team. They still got Yelich, they still got Braun, and a good lineup. You got Hader in the pen as well, but. uh no, I think this Diamondbacks team is very underlooked, and it will surprise some people for sure. Yeah, I'm looking at the Diamondbacks. They had a pretty solid team last year. People were thinking they were going to kind of do the old rebuilding thing when they traded Goldschmidt. But the two pieces they got back from Goldschmidt, Weaver and Kelly, were both, like we said, really uh, really good pieces for them in the major leagues last year. Yeah, they could have gone out and gotten guys who were in low A, high A right now, and it would have been more of a timetable of 2023-24. They got guys who were already had made their major league debuts, and we're on the brink of that success, and it's perfect timing. It was very smart, in my opinion. Yeah, and, and I mean, the they, they recognize the fact, I'm sure, that the Dodgers are going to be really good. Uh, the Dodgers obviously got bets and price and that big trade from the Red Sox, so I think, again, they're going to kind of run away with the division. But I think the Diamondbacks are, are probably don't really mind about that. I mean, I think they're, they, they'll be fine to go out. Of course, they're going to say in the clubhouse that they're going to want to go and win the division and that sort of thing at the beginning of the season. Like, every team thinks they're going to go out and win but um, from the player's perspective. But I think they're, they'll be fine going for the wild card as long as they get into the playoffs, get that, get that spot, and get the opportunity. I think like we saw with the Nationals last year, any team that gets the opportunity yep. to make the postseason can go out and run with it. And I think this is a real solid team that even um, could, could go some places if they make, that, if they make the playoffs, which, which I believe they will. So. And it's just fun to watch that place too. The wild card game back in 17 was so much fun. I mean, Archie Bradley hitting the triple. Tell Marte had a very good game in that, yes. too. Uh, and then they got swept by the Dodgers, which is, I was rooting really hard for the Diamondbacks in that series. But 
I mean, it, it'll be fun. I, I, I'm hoping to see a packed Chase Field in October. But oh, yeah, Chase Field, too. Um, I've, I've been there. Um, it's a real nice ballpark. I mean, just the whole atmosphere in Arizona, is a, it's a great great place for baseball and stuff. So it'd be, yes, it'd be, it'd, it would be great to see uh, the playoffs return there. So, All right, so now let's talk about those Milwaukee Brewers. We t- touched on them for a second a couple minutes ago. They're in a very interesting spot. Yeah. National League wildcard team last year. And now they they brought themselves in an interesting spot, it seems, where they go out and trade Trent Grisham. And now we have, like, yeah. nine, ten infielders Yeah, I'm here. just really confused. I mean, the Diamondbacks are kind of the opposite. They went out and made and filled the holes they needed to fill, and they and they did a good job there. They went out on a limb, got Bumgarner. I mean, you're looking at this Brewers team, and they kind of just didn't take that next step. I mean, I get what they were trying to do. They were trying not to financially put themselves in a hole, so they went out and signed a bunch. They signed some They signed some uh, low-key guys who were going to be help, help them in the major leagues and stuff. But they, I'm just confused. They signed, instead of signing, like, maybe just Eric Sogard, Ryan Healy, and Justin Smoke. Justin Smoke's a great Yes, yeah, they, they, yeah. they went out and got Sogard, Jerko, Urias, Healy, Holt, and Smoke, Morrison. and Garcia, and Morrison. So I'm <laughs> not really sure. Being pushed the first yeah, base so because Garcia is in right field now, or they might play him in left field. I mean, depending on which position they want to put Yelich at. I'm thinking they're going to put Garcia in right field because he's more familiar with that position. That was fine. That signing kind of confused me because I'm like, okay, now they're going to put Braun at first base, which is not a position he's totally comfortable with, but maybe with his age, he'll be able to kind of produce more with the bat there. Um, But then they signed Smoke, and I'm like, okay, Smoke is a good signing. He's a guy who's shown some power, and he's gotten on base. Great defensively, Yeah, great defensively. Um, so they're going to have him be the backup first baseman. And then they went out and signed a bunch of infielders, traded Furious, um, who they said was going to start at shortstop, but he's injured now, so RC is going to get another shot there. And they signed a bunch. I mean, Sogard and Holt are such similar players to me, both left, uh, left-handed left infielders that can play some positions, play a little bit of outfield, and they both don't hit for a lot of power but hit for a decent average, just Solid players, but I think they'll give it to Holt too, though. I think Holt's better. Yeah, I but just, unless unless they have Sogard on the bench, but then like, what's the point of Jed Jerko? Yeah, Jed Jerko. Like, what is the point? Like, I, I, he hit thirty home runs with the Cardinals a few years ago, but again, another guy that uh, left-handed platoon guy. I mean, you already have Healy. Those two guys again are, are similar players. So I guess they're just going to have them all. Jerko compete. and Healy are very similar. Yeah, both right-handed power guys who can play the corner infield spots. But what confuses me here is their biggest hole is their pitching at this point. Yeah, because they the got reason Lindblom. why they couldn't get through the championship series in 2018, yeah. you'd think that would have been that would have been the spot you would have thought they would have tried to improve at this point, especially. But they traded away Zach Davies, lost Drew Pomeranz in the bullpen, and basically replaced. I mean, they got Lauer back in the Davies trade, who's younger and left-handed and probably a little more promising there, but. Yeah, I mean, they signed Freddie Peralta, so maybe they think he's going to take a, take a I, step uh, forward. That's a new trend we're seeing, too. I mean, the Mariners with Evan White, obviously, and Peralta's been in the league for a little bit. But I think teams are starting to extend guys that they have high uh, you know, ceiling, or that they see a high ceiling on before they reach that so they can get a bargain later. But uh, we'll, we'll see how it plays out. It, it's confusing to me, especially for now they're in arguably the most competitive division in Major League Baseball, maybe besides the National League East. Yeah, but it, and, and the thing about that division is 
no team there. Yeah, it's real competitive, but it's real competitive because none of the teams have really done anything to take that yeah. next step. I think uh, like someone like the Cardinals even, like now would be the time to go out and trade for like a Nolan Arenado. I mean, the guy wants to leave Colorado. I mean, you go out and trade, you got a lot, they got a good farm system. I get teams are real attentive to trade prospects, but I mean but like the this, this is, is the time. This is the window. This yeah. is the time for them to go and compete. And I don't understand. There's probably a reason why none of these teams are making these moves, whether it is financially, whether it is they can't find the right fit. Maybe they've tried and no teams. And, I mean, maybe some of these teams just think their their teams are good enough. I mean... The Brewers are not good enough, I'll tell you that. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Uh, The Cardinals, even, I don't... I mean, no, the team who has taken a step forward, I'll kind of go back and say, is the Reds. The Reds have seen this window is open. They've gone out and signed Moustakis. And And that puts them on the same level as those other three teams, though. Yeah, that's... I mean, yeah, even with all those moves, I mean, the Reds were so so poor last year that they're, with even with all those moves, they're probably now on tier with these teams that have taken a step back. Dakota thinks Reds are winning the division. What do you think about that? I mean, yeah, I, I, we see a lot of these things with these teams who make a lot of moves and, and kind of don't, the moves don't really mesh that well. I mean, we saw the Padres a few years ago. Yeah. Try to make a bunch of moves, and that was just disastrous. I think the Reds, the moves the Reds made were a little more, were a little smarter than the moves the Padres made. Like the contract James Shields was not a good, brothers. not a great. The Upton brothers, I mean, you, yeah, those were not. Looks great, I mean, yeah, the, I that's again, time, the, the, that's what this Reds team is kind of reminding me of. I mean, they have a bunch of outfielders. I mean, here's the weird. Not the weird thing, but the, the situation they're in is that they haven't made the playoffs since, what, 2012. And I, I just, they didn't seem like they were taking any strides at all. It seemed like they were kind of just hovering right above the rebuilding line, right? And I think this was their this was them saying, look, all right, let's go make a move. Let's go get some fans into the ballpark. They did that with Puig last year, bring some fans in, bring some flair to yeah, I mean, the even team. Kemp, I mean, that didn't yeah. work out, but they tried to bring in some guys. And now he's with Miami, so we'll see how that goes. I was shocked to see him. I didn't realize he signed Matt Kemp signed with the Marlins, and I saw something on Twitter. I was like, oh, my goodness, he's still in the league. Yeah. But anyway, what I do like about this Reds team is the pitching. I think pitching is what wins you ball games. The bullpen. Yeah, I mean is... the pitching was fantastic last year. I think the bullpen is really underrated. You have Iglesias, Garrett, Lorenzen, even Stevenson. Strope too. Yeah, Strope and Stevenson. Uh, besides that, there's some guys. I mean, I think this guy Lucas Sims has some yeah. great stats. I mean, I great Bailey spin rate on all his pitches. Yeah, I mean, he didn't see the results quite last year, but I mean, his ERA was four six, but his WHIP was one point one six, which is pretty solid. He struck out fifty seven guys in forty three innings. So, I mean. Uh, Sims another guy compete and, and be Jesse really Biddle good for them to the bullpen. He's from the left side as well. Yeah. Uh, and then the rotation is arguably one of the best in the MLB, right next to the New York Mets and the Nationals too. With That's right. Luis Castillo an All Star, Sonny Gray a sneaky All Star last year. People don't even realize that. Trevor Bauer former All Star. If he could bounce back this year, I think that'd be big for them. Uh, Desclafani always been a solid piece. And Wade Miley, besides the month of September and being was fantastic last in the year, yeah. was really really good. Uh, so I, I really like this Reds rotation. And, again, I made the same argument with the Diamondbacks. I truly think a lineup based around Suarez, Moustakis, and Castellanos, and hopefully a better Joey Votto. We don't need MVP Joey Votto. But yeah, that's the guy sort. we were talking about the other day. Votto is just, I think this whole Red season kind of revolves around, is Joey Votto going to be better? He doesn't have to be the same MVP player like you were saying that he was a few years ago. But if Votto can get on base... 
uh, even close to what, like... Put him in the two spot. Yeah, I think that's where he's going to hit, the two yeah. spot. If he gets on base, he got on base. Uh, he had a three fifty seven on base last year. If Even if he gets on base closer to 380, 390, he doesn't have to go on How base. How would you conduct the middle of the order here? Because you could go... You could go with Suarez, Castellanos, Moustakis. That'd be right, Yeah, it's right, going to be real interesting there. Yeah. Actually, though, you don't have to worry about that anymore as a manager. You don't have to worry about doing right, left, right because you can't bring the one pitcher in anymore. Well, I'm thinking, it would, my opinion with that is I think you still do because of the fact that I think it would be foolish now to line up two lefties Especially three lefties in a row in the order because, right, because then, then you would bring in the lefty to face both those guys. Yeah, and you wouldn't even you wouldn't even um, need to take the guy out of the game to worry about the right-handed batter because you would already have the lefties lined up. So, yeah, I think they're gonna have to go some sort of order of. I think they're gonna have Akiyama, the guy they got from Japan. He's gonna le- lead off for them. I don't know what position he's gonna play. They had him playing some left field yeah. in spring training. I think he's gonna play some center field potentially some right field to give Castellano some days off. But I think he's going to be their leadoff hitter. Hopefully he can get on base decent. Votto hopefully can get on base decent. Then you're going to back it up with, uh, I think Castellano will bat third for the beginning of the season because Suarez is going to be injured. Yeah, so maybe yeah. they'll ease Suarez back into the five hole with Moustakis batting cleanup. But, yeah, I mean, you can't really complain about that top five in the order. I think it's going to be real solid for them offensively. And offense was their issue last year, so they did address that issue. No, no, 100% for sure. And, again, I don't know if... Coda, I could trust that, and they'll be the division winners in the National League Central, but they'll definitely give those teams a run for their money. Uh, again, it's interesting with the American League. I feel like it's very top-heavy. And with the National League, you have tons of teams that can be competing you know, all over the place, besides the National League West, maybe, with just the Diamondbacks, the Dodgers, and potentially the Padres, but I don't think they're quite ready yet. Uh, and then in the Central and East, four of the five teams in those divisions are very good and competitive, uh, at least in terms compared to the environment that they're in I should say uh, so we'll see I mean it seems I feel like in the wild card era at the very beginning it used to only take 85 to 87 wins to get that wild card spot but yeah. these days it seems like you have to be mid to upper 90s now. yeah and I think that's a lot of that's attributed to the fact that teams have kind of embraced this tank tanking strategy so, I mean, you've seen teams like the Orioles, the Royals. I mean, now you can't even think of all the teams that are tanking because so many teams are doing it, trying to replicate what the Cubs and the Astros did. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I think that's the reason why wins have just skyrocketed and we're starting to see these powerhouse teams because the teams that aren't competitive are not going to sign these free agents. So, I mean, the top teams are already top competitors are going to be the top players for the top free agents. They're just going to be continuously good. I mean, especially teams like the Yankees and the Dodgers right now who just have complete control of the market it seems like 100 percent. all right that is gonna wrap up the show today thank you guys so much for tuning in i'm max tanzer alongside ryan madeiras and this was matanzerus is that how we're pronouncing it i think that's how it's gonna go so far so <laughs> matanzerus however you want it Matiz- yeah we'll, we'll figure it out as time comes but yeah we'll be doing a new podcast every week especially counting down to the major league baseball season Right, we got baseball this month, so. That's right. We're getting ready. We're getting excited, and we want to thank you guys for joining us and listening and bearing with us through our first podcast. Hope it went all right. So, thanks, everyone. <laughs>